Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 164, How to Choose More Happiness with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson-Fife. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to guide you toward living the life you want. Each week, you'll hear interviews and teachings on how to balance self-development with self-acceptance. Listen in and join our community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. Back in February, our theme was Be True to You, and I could not do that theme justice without having Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife on the show. We spoke on the topic how it is so important to know who you are. And what the heart of our talk was then was that women need to anchor in to their right uh, to have wants and desires. Today's interview is a continuation of sorts of that discussion because when you have wants and desires, you also have to make choices. How many of us have heard the phrase, choose happiness? I know for some of us that can be really hopeful and give us the push we need to move forward, but for others, it is not so easy. You can't just choose happiness and suddenly feel happy. 
That is not what this interview is about. (laughs) This interview is how we can find more happiness in owning our choices. Turns out life is very messy and never straightforward. Even the good choices we make can sometimes lead to us not feeling happy and whole because we've lost our lost ourselves amidst these good and valuable choices. And other times we can't choose the consequences of the choices we made or others too and how they affect our lives. So how can we still choose more happiness? It's by owning our ability to choose and how we can navigate the choices that we have in front of us from a place of who we want to become. So you can see how this is already tied into our discussion in February. Jennifer has been on the show. This is her sixth time. So we have linked to all the prior episodes. There are five and I highly recommend all of them, but especially the last one as it is so connected to this one. And you can find those links on my show notes on my website aboutprogress.com. I'm so honored to have Jennifer back. If you don't know her, well, hang tight. You're going to have your mind blown so much. This is who Jennifer is. So I'm Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife, and I am a psychotherapist that works primarily with couples and individuals around relationship and sexuality issues. And I also do a lot of teaching, both in online courses and also in workshops around the country. And so, um, and I do a lot of you know, podcasting and public speaking. Yeah. And my version of your intro is you changed my life. And I think you've changed (laughs) thousands of lives. I mean, I'm sure it's creeping up to millions and more. So um, we're so honored to have you back. This is your sixth time. We're going to talk about something that you specialize. Again, you came in January to talk about how women need to be in touch with who they are by knowing what they want. And this is a continuation of that discussion, also Mm. applying to how someone can be happier with the life they have already chosen. And this seems like it doesn't make sense. There's a lot to untangle here. But this Mm. is something I have learned a lot from you, and I know many others have. So let's kind of set the scene here a little bit. You know, Mm. in your courses, in your workshops, in your speaking, and in your therapy, you talk a lot about helping women get in touch with their desires to feel alive in their lives and to feel whole and to be happier, which is our topic this month. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times women aren't feeling very happy with the choices they have made. And these are big Mm -hmm. choices. Perhaps they got married and had kids when they felt they were supposed to. Or perhaps they got into a career or a job track they're not happy with, or maybe a whole combination of those. And these aren't easy to undo. And they're big responsibilities at hand. And they're not even sure they want to undo it. But they don't feel content or happy Mm -hmm. with the choices they have made. So first, how can you Mm -hmm. reconcile someone needing to choose? Well, not needing to, but how, how do you even deal with this with someone who's 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 looking at you and saying, I don't love my life and I can't mm-hmm. choose otherwise. Yeah. So while I believe in um, the fundamental reality that we always have choices, uh, what is also true is that we don't always have the choices that we want. Uh, so, you know, and you have to live in the consequences of your choices, uh, whether or not you agree with the choices you once made. So, for some people, their choices come down to, you know, what corner of their prison cell do they want to sit in today? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, you know, we don't, we clearly don't always have the choices that we want, but we are, and, and that is to say, we're always choosing within a context 
Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us spend time thinking about what we would do if we could go back in time and redo things. And while I think that there's value in thinking about what you've learned through your experiences or what you would do differently if you could go back in time, the reality is, of course, that we don't get that choice. We can't go back in time. And so we are better served, I think, focusing on what do I choose now in the current context or the current reality of my life. Okay. So, for example, you know, if you um, have five children and um, you're not sure that you would have chosen this if you could go back in time. And uh, I think that the reality that you have to sort of deal with is that you have five children. Mm-hmm. And whether you give them up for adoption mm-hmm. or you neglect them until they're 18 or you invest to be the best parent you know how to be that the fact that you will always be those five children's mother will not change right Mm -hmm. the only thing that changes is what you're going to what you can live with and feel good about and feel at peace about given the context of your choices Mm -hmm. so so what I'm encouraging I mean I think there's a lot to grieve often for people um either because of the consequences of their own choices or other people's choices or things they can't control. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I certainly think that's fair and important, Um, or even the anger we may have um, if we felt pressured into choices. But the way to be free is to not, and I can say more about this, but not co-construct yourself as a powerless entity within your life. Mm-hmm. And what am I going to do given where my life is currently? Well, that last bit, I think, is the key to all of this. Um, mm-hmm. You are an empowered, did you describe that as you are an empowered entity? Yeah, yeah, or that you certainly, exactly, that we have a lot of power to mm-hmm. shape our lives, to affect our lives. And I think a lot of us give that power up in, in place of resentment and and a kind of passivity about our lives. but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean we have perfect power. We only have power over who we're going to be in our circumstances, but it's still a very important power. Great. You know, I want to talk mostly to those women who have the life they always wanted in terms of a family and and, and children and feel that lack of contentment. Um, but first, can we just talk about some more extreme examples sure. just so people can be able to differentiate because I don't want some woman who is listening here who is in an emotionally abusive marriage or even physically abusive to think, well, I need to choose my choice and stick it out and can't go back. Um, So if it's more extreme, let's say that there is an abusive marriage or, um, you know, even kids with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are two things that came to my mind as I was thinking of other extremes how can someone view this whole construct we're talking about, about feeling empowered and making well, I think choices, it's, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think it's even more important in the context that you're talking about, because um, I'm certainly not saying you should choose your marriage mm-hmm. or you should choose your children. Um, because I really think people have to determine what they really can live with. Uh, you know, I remember watching the movie Matilda mm-hmm. and the the narrator of the 
movie. I love that movie because my kids think I'm such a great parent while we're watching it. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. The parents are just disasters. Right? Yeah. And uh, and um, at the end, the narrator says something like, and Matilda's parents did the one unselfish thing they'd ever done, which is they gave her up for adoption. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm speaking of extremes right now, but that is to say, I'm not saying that you should always be doing what other people think you should be doing. Mm -hmm. You really have to decide what you actually think is decent, fair and right. And if you're with somebody who's abusive, was a very good chance that staying with them is not the right choice Mm -hmm. and that the actually right choice would take an enormous amount of courage, which is to extricate yourself from that situation. So um, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying that if you think, you know, if you go through this process, you're going to always come down in the way that somebody on the outside thinks would look the right way. Yeah. Meaning Mm -hmm. that some people won't approve your choice even. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I think when we are running our lives, which many of us are, by the idea of what do other people want from us, that's why we don't feel that we have real choices because we want other people's approval. Mm-hmm. And when we really want or need other people's approval, it makes us feel like we don't really have choices because we may, for example, want our spouse to be happy with us, but not want to grow in the ways that would make our spouse happier. Mm-hmm. And we can't really have both, right? We and, and so we might be upset we can't have both. I just want to be as I am and have you be perfectly happy with me. But ultimately it comes down to which um, discomfort do I choose? The discomfort of having my spouse be, spouse be unhappy with me or the discomfort of growing and pushing myself in ways that are, are hard for me. If I want to live a life that I respect, I have to live in a way that I really feel is right and decent. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's ultimately, as human beings, something we can't escape. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us try to, but I do think that integrity, and by integrity, I mean like you're lined up internally, that you're not acting in contradiction to your own sense of what's fair or decent. Mm-hmm. And so the hard question in, in an abusive situation like that, where someone's really is, is what's the most right thing to do? Because maybe I have children or maybe I depend on this person economically. Um, but then again, my children are watching me be harmed mm-hmm. and they're learning about relationships and what it is to be a woman by watching this kind of humiliation happen. And, um, and I'm being weakened in being in this relationship. And so what is it to really do what's fair and right by my children? And in this situation, and I'm not here to say I know what that is for every person in every situation, but often it's the thing that terrifies us the most. Mm -hmm. And so when we're reaching for what we believe is most right, it often is stretching us into areas that are hard and finding a kind of strength and courage within us that we don't necessarily know about ourselves yet. And so often it means, you know, leaving the kind of uh, familiarity, I should say, of a relationship because it undermines you and it undermines your children and you're willing to deal with that even though it terrifies you. Mm -hmm. So 
I, when I talk about choices, I really do mean as human beings, we have both the gift of agency and the terrifying reality of it, mm-hmm. which is that we're responsible for who we choose to be within the context of our choices, within the reality of the choices we have, which are not perfect choices, mm-hmm. right? You may leave an abusive spouse and then they just want to make your life miserable <laughs> and you can't really control that they're going to try to do that even though you've divorced them. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a choice about fully being free, but you have a choice about who you're going to be in that reality. Or with a special needs mm-hmm. child, what is the, you know, there's only so much one parent can do or a human being can do. And what do I think is fair and right within my resources? What do I think I really can offer? What do I think I may need to get help or support around this? How do I need to advocate for more funding or more support from school or community? It's, they're hard questions. I wish life were fair. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not about some idea that if everybody just owns their choices, everybody will be happy. But I think that it's the, where we often throw our power away and if we're going to make the world a better place, we have to claim that power as frightening as it may be. Mm-hmm. It's time to take a break for our sponsors who make this podcast possible. Can, can we talk now more about people who might more typically face um, what they might more typically face in terms of having the family they always wanted um, and the marriage and just feeling not themselves. They feel lost in their choice, I think is maybe mm. a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, does that happen a lot, do you think, in within your mm. own practice and the woman that you work with? Yes. Okay. So yes. pretty common? Yes, pretty common. Um, I think that one of the reasons that it happens is that you know, I think that a lot of people, especially when there's sort of a cultural or religious um, ideal around family life, that they can often, women can often enter in to that and absolutely want it and desire it and not want it to be any different. But once they enter in, unwittingly are kind of replicating the model of what it means to what it has meant to be female within the traditions that have been handed down to them. And what it is to be female is to sort of give up yourself in the context of being a parent or a partner. And so almost unwittingly, I was just talking to somebody last night who said when I was in high school, I was on sports teams and I traveled and did a year abroad in another country. And I did all these things that were, you know, courageous, like I was comfortable developing myself. Then I got married and something kind of just overcame me, almost seduced me into a kind of backseat position relative to my husband. He was going to school, uh, you know, he was busy. And so I was just taking on all the, you know, picking up the slack around everything and what I wanted and what my dreams were and what I, who I was was just not as important. And we both implicitly agreed on it, even though it was never explicitly discussed. Mm -hmm. And over time, you know, the resentment, you know, the, of feeling like you're losing yourself within your choices. So it's not about, I don't want children and I don't want a spouse. It's that I want to have a self too. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes when people have no self, that's when they're thinking about leaving their families (laughs) is because the way they've done family life, there's no room for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's, and they've often co-constructed that with their spouse and even their children. Uh, They've taught their children to not respect the mother's autonomy and independence as a person. And so, yeah, so I think many people do that. And it's, again, it's not about not wanting to love your children. It's about wanting to have a life that exists in addition to having children. And that's healthy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And That's I think, normal. I think that takes the fear out of it too because, yes. you know, I have been in that situation where I just feel so deeply unhappy and not myself um, within the choices yes. I had that I always wanted. Um, but yes. what I could identify with you it wasn't that I didn't want my marriage and my kids and the life we built what I wanted was myself in that life yes Um, absolutely so very often I think what women can get in touch with is the life they want to choose is right there in front of them but it looks different maybe Mm -hmm. they're not navigating the life in the same way and so that does still entail dipping into some fear like you talked about more with those extreme examples i think it also applies mm-hmm. to these more typical examples of the way that you have to arrive in your choice and if i'm saying mm-hmm. this right in in terms of what you taught is mm-hmm. by facing what you most fear which is i mean what could these women be facing in terms of the choosing the choices they already have made well i think that um let me just think about that a little bit i think that one of the things that's very easy to do is that if you want other people's approval Mm -hmm. to manage your sense of self, which many of us have been socialized into, there's a kind of safety of being um, a a backseat partner or being in the backseat relative to your kids because then there's not as much exposure and you can feel needed and you can feel necessary and you can even sort of gratify yourself that you're doing all these, making all these sacrifices for people, even if they don't appreciate or understand it. And so I think that one of the risks, you know, when sometimes when I'm sort of helping people see this about themselves is what they're afraid of is the exposure okay. of actually stepping out and allowing themselves to assert choices in a world where there's no guarantees. I mean, it's like, well, maybe I'd go back to school for this, but what if I don't even like it? Mm -hmm. What if after we sacrifice money and time, 
I don't really want to be a PA or whatever it is yeah. that someone's thinking of doing. And so I think we, th that's one big fear is that if I stick my neck out, maybe it's going to come up as flawed and unacceptable. And so maybe I'd rather just do what everybody else wants and just be resentful. I can feel a kind of false superiority because I'm the one who gives so much, quote unquote. Yeah. And that's much more self-protected than I think sometimes we will recognize easily. So I, I think that's a fear. And I, and I think similarly, there's just, you know, there's, there's no, there are very few guarantees in life, you know, that you, if you're going to sort of assert your choices and desires into the world, you just don't necessarily know that it's going to turn out right. And that it's going to affirm your sense of yourself. It could go wrong. It could be a disaster. It could, you know, and I think, again, I guess it's the same idea. That's why we often collude in having other people make our choices for us. Mm -hmm. So I think they're, they're significant fears, but I do think it's a fear that's, a, how to say it, it's a kind of exposure that's essential to development. You can't develop if you're not willing to assert a desire and to reach out and try and create something in your life. And that's always where the growth happens. And it will, there will always be failure, if that's the right word. I don't think it is. But there will always be disappointments or things you don't think went the right way. Mm -hmm. And that's just how you learn. Mm -hmm. And so tolerating that process is a function of self-respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's another way we delude ourselves, too, is by thinking that if I do this, then everything has to be suddenly happy or easier or great yeah. or not as stressful. Right. It's not a magic pill, even. No, you know, exactly. So how do we exactly. get that wrong? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, it's not a magic pill. And I think a lot of times we kind of want that idea. If I, uh -huh. if I go and I take the risk, you know, please, God, make it all go great. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, rather than I'm stepping into a process uh, that's, that's going to stretch me and couldn't happen to a nicer person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think the other fear, actually, as you're talking that I was just thinking about is that it, it requires a certain amount of self-respect to stand up for ourselves. And I think sometimes we're afraid we want other people to respect us. We want other people to tell us we deserve to um, pursue our dreams. But in order to do it, we have to hold on some level that our desires and wishes matter. So I was talking to someone else uh, yesterday um, who was talking about, you know, her mother was a martyr par excellence. Her mother just did martyrdom all the time and that mm -hmm. it's been a very tempting role for her to do things and then resent and resent her husband. And, you know, he's deserved some of that historically because he has been willing to let her pick up all the slack at home and mm -hmm. let her <clears throat> do the heavy lifting in terms of keeping the household running and so on. And so as they have been doing work in couples therapy and getting clear about the way they kind of constructed a one up, one down marriage, she was saying yesterday that it's scary to step up and actually um, ask for something better. It's so much easier to just resent and feel covertly superior. Yeah. And so she was, in fact, <clears throat> talking more honestly with her husband about it. Like, 
I really do love doing all these things. I'm happy to be an at-home mother. It's what I want right now. And I enjoy these things, feel good about doing these things. But these things over here are not working for me. They suck the life out of me. I feel unable to do anything that I enjoy. And I also feel like you take advantage of me on these fronts, which he acknowledged he did. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do we how do we do this differently? Um, do we hire someone to do it? Do you come home and do more of these things? But she was d- exercising a muscle that's unfamiliar or, or more mm-hmm. uncomfortable, which is um, taking more responsibility for her choices and then also stepping up to create something better out of the things that were undermining her happiness. Mm-hmm. And this is a way of having a self within the, within the context of her choices. She didn't want her kids to go away. She doesn't want a divorce. But she does want to construct something in which she feels there's more room for her to belong to herself and things feel more fair or just equitable between them that they're working together towards creating a family Mm -hmm. that they feel good about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that is exactly what many women who are listening are experiencing and would like to get in touch with knowing how to do that. I mean, we can't sit here and give a blueprint for everyone, but I Mm -hmm. think you know, in essence, what you've talked about is being willing to push and um, into that discomfort you talked about, that stretch zone, and being willing mm-hmm. to sit in the mess a bit and know that it all serves a purpose. Because if I heard what you just said, maybe, I don't know, four years ago, mm-hmm. I, I would have been scared because it doesn't mm-hmm. sound that happy. But I've lived what you've talked about, and I am happier. So for mm-hmm. someone who was like me four years ago, and they're not sure if they're willing to step into that discomfort there. Mm-hmm. Um, how does this still lead to happiness? How do you, do you still feel more content or happier in the sense of self that you are trying to step into and find again? Well, I just have a strong belief and I have a lot of evidence of it from watching people's development is that you can't sacrifice your development and be happy. And so if you back burner your life, you will resent and you will suck the life out of the people you're in relationship to. Mm -hmm. And so it's not really, I guess I'm just saying human beings, they want to love and they want to develop. They want both things. They want to be in good relationships and be cared about and belong. And they also want to express themselves in the world. And so if you compromise one or the other of those, you you interfere with people's capacity to be happy. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of the rules as they are. Yeah. <laughs> and I think traditional marriages and traditional thinking about gender has made it so that, you know, men develop and women belong. And we've kind of hmm. g- gendered this human reality, which is we both want both. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see my parents who've done marriage in a more traditional way where my mom really struggled with a sense of self and identity and who am I and what are my skills because she put all that aside and did the work of belonging. Mm-hmm. But she also has a rich network of relationships. Yeah. <laughs> my dad, on the other hand, did much more around development and much less about relationships. And I think as I saw him get older, I used to think of him as the privileged one. But as I've watched him get older, I thought he's really underprivileged in the relational sense that he doesn't have this sort of rich net, net, sorry, network of relationships mm-hmm. that my mom has. And I think that they both have suffered because of the aspects of themselves or of their relationships that they didn't develop. So I think, um, I think it's just a part of life. And 
and it's a, I think as I talked about in the perfectionism podcast we did, mm -hmm. that, that it's a function of self-respect to take that risk. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I want to help people succeed in their lives and to be willing to stand up for their own value through standing up for their development, making room for it, tolerating the failure that, or the disappointment that may come as part of it. It always will. Mm -hmm. But um, that's just how you get better and stronger. And so uh, it's it's about encouraging people to be truer to themselves. It's a really important way of being truer to others, too. Oh, I love that connection, especially for maybe there are some husbands and wives listening together to this just to see how this can benefit both, especially when we are making sure both people are doing what they need yes. to in order to match what or to fill what they're missing, what side Absolutely. of the puzzle they're missing. That's incredible. Like husbands have husbands in traditional marriages pay dearly <laughs> if their wives don't thrive. Huh. They don't get desired and wanted through sex. They they are resented. They are martyrs. Often husbands are trying to manage their wives' sense of self all the time unsuccessfully. Hmm. The wives will resent their husband's successes. I mean, yeah. you pay a big price. And, and you know, the person I was just talking about orchestrating the kind of the household um, demands differently, when they first came to me, I think he really saw me as kind of too feminist and too liberal and too whatever. Yeah. But I think because he's seen how much the marriage had suffered in the old model, Mm -hmm. And how much better it's gotten, he's on board. I mean, he's like, look, yes, I have been taking advantage of you in this way. I come home and I just know that you'll take care of it if I don't. And that's not fair. And I'm, on, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and just knowing that if you're going to both be happy and like each other, you can't, you don't get away with uh, taking advantage of your spouse in that way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, intimacy is, is for strong people. And strong people learn how to make room for two people to thrive in a marriage. Wow. Yes. And I love that, too. I think so many men are lost in that development piece. And honestly, I hadn't really framed it that way in my mind until we just spoke today. Um, mm -hmm. That is so interesting to me, too. You know, Jennifer, we could talk about that a lot longer as well. But I just thought it'd be nice to know for you. What does mm -hmm. happiness look like? You're our last guest for this month. We've talked about happiness all mm -hmm. month long. What does that look and feel like for you? Gosh, that's an impromptu question. So I let know. me think how to. <laughs> that's fine. What does it look like to me? I I feel very happy in my life, and I think that's partly about good fortune and partly about in pushing myself to make choices. I'm grateful for some of the courageous choices I've made in my life because. Mm -hmm. I've been able to live in the benefit of doing things that didn't necessarily get the validation of others, but yeah. that have made my life better. So I think what happiness looks like for me is that is I feel, I feel loved and I feel cared about, which means the world to me. And I think that's, um, you know, I'm, I'm partnered with a really good human being who supports me and cares about me and has been, very happy to see me thrive and it hasn't undermined his sense of himself or his masculinity or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm deeply grateful for that because it really blesses my life. Um, and I think happiness is about feeling good about who I am as a parent and a partner and 
and being able to affect good things in the world. I think, you know, that's a really fundamental part of being happy is feeling like you can use your gifts to make the world better mm-hmm. in some way. And I think we all have the ability to do that. Even if we think our way is not that significant, we'll have the ability to do things that make the world a better place than we found it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a very satisfying part of life for me. So, And I, I do think it's about the same idea of belonging to others and belonging to aspects of myself that go hand in hand with impacting others, that I'm using aspects of myself to bless the lives of those that I care about. Mm -hmm. Well, what I especially love about what you just said is happiness to you isn't life feeling easy and Mm stress-free and, you know, nice and perfectly tied together. And I think if we just define happiness as that, I think we'll actually Mm -hmm. feel that happiness that is waiting for us there. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, I love when you come on the show. It's such an honor. I know people always want to know where to find you after this. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. the Jennifer Finlayson Fife ambassador and I wholeheartedly <laughs> take that role on. Um, You're awesome. So as an ambassador, how can I direct people to you better? What's coming up for you and where can they find sure. you online? Okay, great question. Uh, you can find me on my website, just finlayson-fife.com and we have some events that are going to get posted in the next week or two. But um, one is that we have next spring, this is the big, big item. We have a um, 11 day tour of France that we're doing for couples. And we just did one in Italy and it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was the most amazing experience, not only because we were in Italy, but to watch these couples go through a transformation over 11 days of getting instruction and input every day being with each other without kids, being in a beautiful place that is both a kind of salve while they're sort of facing hard things and getting and learning a lot from the other people on the trip. So it was great. And so we immediately planned another one for Mm -hmm. next spring and there's already a lot of spots filled, but there are a few spots left. Okay. Uh, We're doing a couple's retreat in Jackson Hole at the end of October. And that's both a relationship two-day course and a two-and-a-half-day sexuality course. And so it's in a hotel in um, just outside of Jackson Hole. And um, and then I'm doing an Art of Desire women's retreat in Eden, Utah in September. That is a three-day retreat. So all of these things sell pretty quickly. And they should, if you want to get on my email list. It's the best way to get first notification. Yeah. And if you go to my website, there's a place you can sign up and then we tend to send it out to my list first. And then we put it on, you know, advertising, put it on social media and so on, like uh, 48 hours later. So it gives people a little time to get the first jump at those things if they want them. Yeah, that's so great. So yeah, because I'm on your email list and I knew about most of those, but I wish I could attend all of them. So um, and also you have the online courses too for people who can't. Yes, that's right. That's right. Exactly. And they're more, you know, of course, they cost less if you do online and you can access from anywhere. And um, so, yeah, I have those too. Okay. Well, Jennifer, thank you again so much for being here. We really appreciate your time. It's my pleasure, Monica. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you needed to grow and progress in your life. 
want to take your learning to a whole new level, there are three ways. The first is to print off this month's free printable to help track your progress on the theme at hand. You can find that on my website aboutprogress.com free. The second way is to join our free and private Facebook group called Work in Progress. I've linked to that in the show notes. There you can receive community, inspiration, and accountability. And lastly, you can share your voice and your words on this show, literally. Our last episode of each month will feature members of this growth-driven community. Here you will share ways that you have worked on your own progress related to the theme. You can share tips that you would like other listeners to know, or even funny stories to help them feel better. Don't be shy. You do have something of value to offer this community. You can find out how to contribute your voice or your words by going to my website aboutprogress.com, click on podcast, and then click on be on the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.